Good morning. It is a Friday. It is the Crossing Broadcast. I am Russell Joy at Joy on Broad. And oh my God, what soft light through yonder window break? It is the East. And Adam Lefko at Adam Lefko on Twitter is the sun. Russ, Adam. don't lie to them. It is Thursday night. This is what we're going to do because this is how it, because we need to be honest with the people of Crossing Broadcast. Me and Rust had a phone conversation and we decided that mornings are really hard and we could still talk to you at night and I'm watching the Sixers beating up on the Bulls right now and I just want to talk to my good buddy Russ about foosball and basketball and Russ, I have an idea. I love ideas. Okay. Go on to Twitter right now and tweet, Lefko and I are doing a random pod, and then tweet it out, and then I'm going to retweet you, and then I say we end the show with whatever tweets we come in, but ask for like a ridiculous question. Like like the more ridiculous, the better. Like personal questions. Like what? What? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, uh, while I while while I while I do that, let's kind of preview what's what the, our rundown is for today. We've got a lot to do, uh, a lot to talk about with the Eagles. Adam and I, I think have only done a combined two shows since the yeah, Super Bowl. We have Bowl. a lot to catch up on. We are going to be talking about um, both Frank Reich and uh, uh, DiFilippo leaving the Eagles. The fact that Gro has been promoted to offensive coordinator. Deuce Staley is now the assistant head coach of your Philadelphia Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey's been playing the entire season with a torn rotator cuff. Um, we've got an Eagles cap situation that needs some look, some looking at. And uh, possibly at the end, I have a theory that I really want to discuss it's about your team, one. your town, your Philadelphia 76ers, and a play for a potential top five player. And hint, it is not LeBron James. Yo, I just want to say that the – all-Star game and the events in L.A. were so much cooler than the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. And thank God the Eagles won because that would have sucked. Oh, my gosh. Dude, so I, I still I, I want to talk about how much I hate. Like, I, I, I love you, but I hate you. Tell me. You got to be, well, the fact that you got to be down out, out in L.A. Yeah. to go see that in person. Were you there for the whole weekend? Yeah, I was there the whole weekend. It was great. It's a it's just a party, man. All star game, but it's gonna be in Charlotte next year, so I'm not gonna really recommend it. But it's also like L.A. Like, come on, it was snowing in Philly and New York, and then it just to be in the sun was great. But I've missed doing this, and there's been a lot of moves with the Eagles. And I I want to say, dude, did you send out the tweet yet? I'm doing it right now. All right, you send it out while I'm talking, because um, I want to retweet that. Um, when. I saw that the coordinators left. I I think it's just really unfortunate timing. So it sucks that the Eagles lost both John Filippo and Frank Reich. But at the same time, look, it's it's all because if Frank Reich left first, John Filippo was definitely going to be the offensive coordinator. It just would have made sense. But because Frank Reich was staying and John Filippo got the offer to go to the Vikings, then Frank Reich was sitting there, you know, he's going to be the OC. Then the fact that he gets the offer from the Colts because of, I'm retweeting, because I'm of so Josh McDaniels, uh, then we lost both. I do think that the fact that Grow was such a big part of third down offense calling, which they were incredible on third down. Again, a lot of that was because of Carson Wentz early in the year. Um, 
I think that I'm glad that he was one of the three involved in the play calling. Deuce was not involved, apparently, in the play calling. I am curious if Deuce Staley could become a head coach later in his career, if he could be a Mike Tomlin um, that can command an entire team. I don't know if a play caller is is there, but uh, I do believe that Grow was involved, so it does make me feel confident. It does suck that we lost both. But, Russ, my question for you would be this. I'm having a hard time caring that much about the repeat. Like, I know this is weird to say, and I'm seeing people saying this on Twitter, that we got to go for the repeat. Yo, I am... Oh, I dropped the microphone. (laughs) That never even happens in the morning. Are you laying on your back or are you sitting up? No, no. Yeah, we need a position update right now. I'm sitting up. I'm fucking yelling. Hold on. Um, Before you get to the repeat, I I do have a question. So, damn, I did that did the question thing i hate when i say that so so, no i no i won't (laughs) let's be honest so the the play that you're talking about the play call uh it was the monday morning quarterback piece right where they talked about that grow grow was in the room but i i i am wondering this grow was in that room for that piece now was grow only part of that that play call presumably because he's he was the wide receivers coach and and like would Deuce have been in, no, would Deuce have been involved he was in that in at all? Charge of calling plays on third. Okay, down. See, I didn't know that. All right, gotcha. You know, and I don't think that was like an early puff piece to prepare us for anything. Like Filippo wasn't mentioned because he had already taken the next job. Reich was in there speaking very candidly, and that was all before the Colts job happened. Uh, but yet to the repeat thing, I see you know a lot of people on Twitter and online talking about let's get that repeat. I don't think I'm a bad Eagles fan for saying this. I'm still enjoying this championship so much that I haven't thought about next year yet. When Bill Belichick was at the parade last year, he said, you know, we're 18 days behind where we could be for, you know, all that stuff. And that's, I'm just behind, but it's not my job to sign the free agents and get the draft picks. So I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm going up to people at work, Patriots fans, and I was like, yo, you good? And they just look at me, and I, it's great. I went to a Cowboys fan at work today, and I said, what is it like? And he said, what is what like? I said, to live in a world where the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Like, I'm still doing that shit. Like, I'm I'm enjoying this so much, I, I can't even start thinking about next year yet where I'm worried about, you know, if we're going to sign Nigel Bradham or, you know, is our slot corner going to leave, you know, and what are they going to do with LeGarrette Blunt? Like, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm like, yo, I'm still thinking about the game. I'm still watching the game. I'm still talking about the game. Like, I can't believe they won. Like, I'm not ready to move on from that energy yet. Is that weird? It's, it's, you're essentially the antithesis of what I am. I, I hate to admit this. And I'm I'm gonna catch heat for it. It it never really sunk in that they won. I went back and I was looking at I did a video of our reaction at the Super Bowl party when the final play went off. And I don't know if it's because I didn't get to really celebrate that moment of like I think if if uh what was it, Brandon Graham had the pressure on, on the last play, or was it Chris Long, one of them? If they had been able to take Brady down and the clock had run out, I think it would have been like this more definitive moment. And I don't know what it is. Even when we talked about having been at the parade and having been at the, you know, around the art museum for the speeches, that's kind of when it sunk in. 
I was going back and I watched, I, I like rewatched part of the game again, I think like two nights ago. And it was the first time that like, as I was sitting there, I really thought about the fact that it happened. And like when the Phillies won in 08, it was a pure adrenaline rush. And I was like over the moon. And maybe it was because I was in college and I went into Westchester and like people were, you know, half tearing down light poles and flipping cars. I don't know if it's because of that, but I, I didn't feel as big of a connection to this as I think I as I imagined I would have and I love the fact that it happened and I was excited but I didn't have that full body adrenaline rush that I thought I was going to get and it as part of that like there is part of me that you know in the moment as much as it sucks to admit I kind of got the feeling that I had in 08 which you know after everything had died down I said when you win the title you have one of two options you can plateau and and be the champion again or you can fall off and you certainly don't want to go into the next year having you know underachieved what you achieved the year before look i've said it i don't know how many times now i want carson wants to have the opportunity that nick Foles had i think if he gets into a super bowl he wins it for the team i think the team is still good enough regardless of what happens with the cap to make it back to a super bowl and to win but if next year something were to happen and and they like don't get into the Super Bowl or they fall out in the NFC Championship, you know, like I I think it's just going to be a, a real gut punch. They played with house money yeah, the whole me, year and I you, and I okay, loved so, it. So so let me bring this up. I was talking about the two thousand was it seven Phillies or eight? I never get the year right. What, the the year they won eight. was that seven? Seven seven Fuck, was the year I'm that they made the playoffs with uh, Aaron Rowan and Pat Burrell, like having a, a pretty. And then Pretty nine decent. is the year they lost to the Yankees. Yep. And so it was It was win the World okay, Series, so losing the World Series, losing the so CS, losing the about, DS, not make the playoffs. So I talked about winning the World Series today at work with a bunch of Yankees fans, and then we talked about 09 when they lost to the Yankees. And here's the truth. When someone comes up to you and says, yo, 08 Phillies, you feel incredible, and that'll never be taken away from you. And... I don't know, man. I, like, I don't know how I would have felt if they beat the Yankees and they kept winning after game one when Chase hit those two home runs and they went back to back. I don't know if I'd like those teams more. I just know that for the Eagles, I still can't believe they won because I never thought it was going to happen. I just thought this was who I was. Like, I, I genuinely believe that my identity has changed since the Eagles have won the Super Bowl. So for me, uh, I guess I'm still basking in it, but. I'm, I could talk free agency, and I know they're in cap hell right now because I'm getting ready. Like, I'm talking about all that in, on Sims and Lefko drink and the draft and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so New York needs to shut up while space. you make this point. No, that's 8th Avenue. So I live at the corner of – I'm not going to tell you. Well, I we know that you the, live at the corner of 8th and something. There can't be that many streets. It's only New York City. And I – I literally live a few blocks. Oh from, my god! Uh, a fire Dude, house. right now New York sounds like I was playing 2K with a buddy the other night, and his dog started squeaking this squeaky toy. I must have ADD. I can't focus on you. All right, go ahead. I think we're good. All right, no, I muted oh, it, <laughs> oh. uh, and then as I unmuted it, it shut down. Uh, by the way, I'm watching, and the Sixers are up like 20 points. This is amazing. I knew um, I should have brought the fire stick to the basement. It's good. Sixers are kicking the Bulls' ass. Um, oh, dude, it is so awesome. So I saw that Rick Buecher article about uh, Joel Embiid and the process and, and, and Hickey. Started. And, 
No, I uh, look. I consider Rick Bucher a friend. I don't think we learned anything in that article. There was no point. No, to there it. was nothing. I the no, next time so you see, then the we next move time, on. Mm. No, that's look, the truth. It's but, like you wrote something that's like down the wheelhouse to just keep the story alive. It, but it wasn't even the, that, the title Adam. Of the story it was, should have been year five. It was check so. In of it was Sammy. so slanted. It wasn't even. It wasn't well, yeah, even just a fine. retelling. I mean, it, it's. But it was lazily done. So, uh, like, the next time you see Rick, I want you to ask him when the last time Joel Embiid was on a minutes restriction. Because in his article, he said that it, it has been the oh, better part of the, of the entire season. He's been on a minutes restriction, which is just factually inaccurate. He's 11th in the NBA among centers in minutes per game. He was only .1 right. minute out. Like, the- Russ, I have, a, I have a Twitter question for you to calm you Great. down. This is from. Wait, would you have done this if it hadn't been about somebody who writes for Bleacher Report? See, now I'm now I'm triggered. No, I no. My thing is this: is uh, we all know the arguments for Sam Hinkie. We all know the arguments against Sam Hinkie, and we can all admit that nothing has changed from the beginning of this year to the end. Whether that's Markel Fultz, hold on, I'm gonna let this thing go by. I'm hitting. No, mute. don't hit mute. Russ, cover for eight right. seconds. Okay, fine. No, go um, ahead, hit mute. I've, I've got eight seconds of so, content. No, my. No, just kidding. My thing is, is that we all know that the book on Hinky is not written yet. And to write the book on Hinky now is stupid because we need to wait and see how Embiid's career goes. And until Embiid's career is over, anyone that wants to give you a definitive viewpoint on Sam Hinky is wasting their breath. So my thing is, and this is crazy, if I had a radio show in Philadelphia, I would not talk about whether or not Sam Hinkie was good. Like I would, like you would be banned from talking on my show. Like it would be like, you're not allowed to talk about it until Embiid's career, like, or, or unless he goes in, like they have success in the playoffs and he plays back-to-back games. It's not even worth talking about. I mean, he's playing back-to-backs now. Because until... Yeah, but what I'm saying is until we're in a situation where we're in a seven-game series and we see if Joel Embiid plays seven games, until that happens, it's not worth talking about him. Regular season games don't matter. That's the process. Right? I, I don't know if I agree with you. You don't? You don't? I don't All know right, if I... So in the meantime, think about think about your response. I'm going to ask you a tweet. Okay. It's from mm, Tasty. Hit him 20. Fuck, Mary kill. It says F. Cheese it steak. says F. I thought we were going to go through a whole podcast without without an F-bomb. All right, go ahead. Do your kids listen to this? I don't think so. Okay. F, Mary kill. <laughs> Cheesesteak, soft pretzel, Italian hoagie. Hmm. Do you have an opinion on this? Yeah, after you give yours, I asked you a question. <sighs> All right. Podcasting one-on-one. F, Mary kill, cheesesteak, soft pretzel, Italian hoagie. I'm, I'm probably going to kill the soft pretzel. I'm, okay. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty positive of that. Okay. Who are you going to marry? Well, Who are you going to I'm guessing that Mary, I have to like live with this. I, I'm going to go with the Italian hoagie with some nice uh, hot pepper spread, some hoagie spread. And I'm, I'm going to get my occasional kicks out of the cheesesteak. Because I, I lived the... What does that mean? That wasn't occasional kicks. Was well, that, I guess that would be the F. So, like, my, my thought here... So, what does that mean? So, what are your three? It, it would actually... Well, it would almost go in that order. It would be uh, cheesesteak gets uh, gets the love, or gets... The, it's not the love, is it? What? Th- that's not an option. What are you doing with the cheesesteak? That steak? would be the, the F option. 
Uh, I would go with... So put that in a sentence for me. Uh, The Italian hoagie... I would... (laughs) No. No, I see what the comment was on that tweet, and no. Russ would F the cheese. I would marry the Italian hoagie. So you think that the Italian hoagie has longer support for you for a lifetime? Yeah, because like you I because you I could eat an Italian hoagie every day, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be married to a. I cheese could stick go for day. the variations on an Italian hoagie and and occasionally get some prosciutto going on, or maybe some some mozzarella di bufala or something like that to throw on there. I, I think I could I could vary up the Italian hoagie a lot more than I could vary a cheesesteak. And also, I don't know anybody who enjoys having a cheesesteak every day and doesn't feel like death afterwards. I did that all through college. And and I'm not, know I'm not worse, marrying though. the cheesesteak. But I'm certainly not going to kill it. Preserved cold meats or cooked. I'm going to flip it. And I think that's how I know that you're from Pottstown. Pottsville. Is that- Ville. Pottsville, it's not that hard. Is that you're disrespecting the cheesesteak and saying that it's one note. I did. And that's the problem with so many people with cheesesteaks is they're so self-centered. And when they say, what's the best cheesesteak? They're only answering with what they believe is their preference of cheesesteak, not what is the overall best production of cheesesteak. I think there are so many different kinds and different tastes that I will marry the cheesesteak. I will make that my wife. I will F that Italian ho and those purple onions will splatter and that soft pretzel is purple dead. onions and that is how you play f mary purple kill onions. because what i am tired what i'm tired of is people that kill someone first and marry someone second and they go that me i guess that means i'm effing the hoagie no it's f mary kill and you start with the f so you don't agree with me that the process is not complete unless joel Embiid like like, so if Joel Embiid ends up being a player that plays sparingly and doesn't have much playoff success, was the process worth it? Because in my mind, it's not. It depends. It depends. Part of this is also contingent on the Ben. Part of the process was to win a championship, yeah, but Russell. I, I'm not saying. But see, now I would argue that it's not just it's not just a mutually exclusive thing that if Embiid is or isn't the guy that leads you to the title, that it wasn't worth it. Because as Buker ends up pointing out in his piece, I think citing one of the anonymous GMs, um, you know... Hinky put things in place that led to uh, a guy like Ben Simmons being drafted and a guy like Markel Fultz eventually, you know, being traded for, um, you know, right. God, and God that's hope he works out. But the Hinky core is Simmons, Fultz, Embiid, Covington. which is also hard to say because that's he didn't four. draft Simmons or and Fultz. Sarich. But like, yeah, the pick swap, which isn't mentioned in that article, is what netted you Fultz in in its own roundabout right. way. So like, but look, so here if, we are. We're debating whether or not no, it's because okay, it, so Joel Embiid blows yet. out his his ACL. It won't happen. Oh Jesus! Oh, something. Ha- yeah, moment and, of silence. So okay, you scowled something, during some, the moment of silence. You have to take another right. moment of silence. You scowled. Okay, go. Embiid Embiid decides that he's not going to play for the rest of the season like Kawhi Leonard did. And in 2019, the Sixers go out and they sign either or both of Klay Thompson and Kawhi Leonard to pair with Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. They win an NBA title. Joel Embiid had little to nothing to do with it. You would still have traces of the process. You would probably still have T.J. McConnell on that team, and you probably still have Robert Covington on that team, and ostensibly you likely would still have Dario Saric on that team. You could then, at that point, make the case that Embiid didn't, was not necessary 
to uh, to write the story of the process because there are other pieces that are in place. Might I also add in the fact that Hinky didn't do what the rest of this this stupid league did when the uh, the salary cap expanded massively. Was it twenty thirty million dollars when the new CBA kicked in? And the owners and Adam Silver said, don't let it be all at one time. It's not going to work out for the players who aren't free agents that summer. And the Players Association didn't want them to pocket the money, them being the owners. What happened? Guys like Alan Crabb and Evan Turner signed $70 million deals. And now the money's all dried up. If you're a free agent this year or in 2019, you're screwed. There are only a handful of teams that can afford you. That's part of like the issue that LeBron is going through. And it's also part of the issue that teams are finding themselves in. They're now having to trade away picks to try to clear out cap space to try to like essentially gut their team and hope that LeBron comes to them. And it's not going to happen. So mm. let me let me, I guess, recalibrate. I think that likely in order, I think it's it's obvious, but in order for this team to win a championship as currently constructed, Joel Embiid is, is essential to that. Do I think that if they go out and make one or two massive free agent signings, which are both huge ifs, do I think that they can win a title? Absolutely. If it is it is done with at least two or three of the following players, Covington, TJ McConnell, Ben Simmons, uh, or even Dario Saric. Uh, did I say Fultz? As long as you have two or three of those guys, you have people who were part of the process. It might not have been direct, but it was a roundabout way to get there. Ultimately, I do think, yeah. and I see. I thought we were going to save this for the end, and maybe we will. I, I no, do it right now. Lay I think that there is a. I think there is a high face. chance that you will see the Philadelphia 76ers mentioned this offseason <gasps> as a team that is in hot pursuit of Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has had such a massive falling out with San Antonio. Pop himself, even in the in the offseason, admitted that Lamarcus Aldridge wanted a trade. And he had to essentially take Aldridge out to dinner and talk about how the, how players in the league have changed and that Pop had to adapt the way that he's been dealing with players. Aldridge is now like the center point of that team and, and Devontae, or Devontae Murray, uh, who's like now unseated uh, Tony Parker as the point guard on that team. Something has gone wildly amiss with the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. They said he was cleared, I think, two months ago to return from from his injury. And now they're talking about him shutting down because of a quad injury for the rest of the season. Something about that is weird. weird. And if that had happened with the Sixers, we all would have been burning Brian Colangelo's office to the ground. There is something really strange coming out of San Antonio. Kawhi Leonard came into the NBA in 2011. Who was still an assistant coach at that time? That would have been our dear Brett Brown. Brett, I think, at least in some way, shape, or form, had helped to mold Kawhi at least in the baby stages of his NBA career, into becoming what was, last year, a top-five finalist for the MVP of the league. Baby Kawhi. I think there is a decent chance that going into this offseason, there is a conversation that takes place between Brett and Pop. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think the Sixers are going to try to use as many assets as possible. You might see a package that includes Dario. It could include Fultz. It could include Covington. It could include the Sixers' first-round draft pick, either this year or next year. It could also include whatever pick ends up uh, not being you know, conveyed to Boston, if that's this year's lottery pick or what would become the Sacramento lottery pick. And while I understand that people would be really upset about it because they don't want to see guys that have, you know, kind of come into their own at this point, like Dario, uh, you know, get traded away or trading away an unknown commodity in faults, 
you're talking about getting a guy who when healthy is a top five player in the NBA. He's a top two or three candidate for the defense, defensive player of the year. And he's a guy who is who is a game breaking talent. So if you're looking at a team that has to gut itself at least a little bit, but in the course of that then still remains with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, and then pick your other two starters, either Covington or Sarge would still likely be here. You can go out and get a guy to, you know, fill in at the wing. That 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 big three of Simmons, Kawhi, and Embiid is an instant favorite in the East. And actually, it probably dethrones Boston going forward as the team that is the scariest long-term for either the Houston Rockets or for the Golden State Warriors. That doesn't exist right now. It's Boston now and Boston forever, even though Cleveland has now started to find form after a massive trade deadline. See, I've gotten a lot more into the NBA recently. This is my life now. I can fucking tell. Holy Sorry. crap. That was a lot. How's your brain My feel? brain's fine. I, I could keep going on it, but I don't want to... It, that's no that's what we need to do now is we need to go to d report 22 which player on each philly sports team is most like russ i'm gonna go i think that the sixers are easy i think it's tj mcconnell uh you know you're 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 a lot of people got your back uh some people doubted you and you're proving them wrong and i think that's why on the eagles i think you're patrick robinson I think they came out there and they wrote you off in training camp. And now look at you. You're about to get a big contract. That's exciting. Nice. I don't know uh, the people in the Flyers. You're Claude Giroux. Having, like, having, having the best season of my career. You're Wayne Simmons. I would be injured for the next six weeks. Please don't do that. <laughs> um, all right. What else you got for us? Uh, all right. So we we're done with the NBA topic. Let's talk about Alshon Jeffrey. We didn't really hold it. Wait, wait, wait. Who's officially out. my we didn't... favorite Eagles wide receiver of all time? You're telling me that Alshon Jeffrey played the entire season with a torn rotator cuff, gave that pre Super Bowl interview, which he said, I don't even want to freaking be here right now. And he actually used the F word. And I don't know why I didn't use the F word there because I've been cursing the entire time. And then catches that ball in the Super Bowl. The fact that I don't have Kyle right here, I just want to remind Kyle all the time of LeGarrette Blunt doing what he did in the Super Bowl after what he said preseason. But, like, people had doubts about Alshon, too. Alshon Jeffrey is my favorite wide receiver in Eagles history. It's definitely not Freddie Mitchell. He beats out Terrell Owens. He beats out James Thrash and Todd Pinkston. He beats out Greg Lewis. He beats out... Like I didn't see the, the 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 studs back in the day. Like I didn't see Fred Barnett. I didn't see Harold Carmichael. That I understand that they were great, but they're not in there for my favorites. Like I didn't see. Like I'm not gonna put Vince Papali. Like of my lifetime of watching wide receivers, I think Alshon Jeffrey's my favorite wide receiver. He beats Nay Brown. What makes him better to you, or makes him your favorite over To? Because I think this is a conversation that's worth best. having. T.O. gave us one year. Alshon Jeffrey's only given us one year. Yeah, I get it. But I'm looking at who he is and and kind of what he's been like and what he's been like in the media and how he's been talking. And it's like, I always liked T.O., but I always felt like we were hiring a mercenary. Like, that's just, I'm just being real. Like, when we, when we got T.O., it felt like... All right, we got our hired gun to get us over the top. But with Alshon, it's kind of like Alshon wasn't 
Like people were doubting Alshon. Nobody was doubting T.O. when he came to us. People said he talked too much, but they also said he was like the best wide receiver in the NFL, either him or Randy Moss. Oh, my God. I'm literally getting FaceTimed. This is too Who's much. FaceTiming you? My girlfriend. Get her on Hold here. On. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to do this. Play- yes. Hey. Hi, baby. All right, so I'm doing the podcast, and I'm recording it right now. So don't say any other words, and I'll see you in like eight minutes. Okay, bye. I love you. Okay, love you too, bye. We got love yous. We Fuck got you, love Russ. yous going. I am so happy, and I'm not editing that out. I I don't want it that to was be a beautiful. Us. That was in a beautiful the wor- moment. In the words of John Bon Jovi, it's yo, my dude, life. I totally screwed that song up. By the way, so you know, he says, "My my heart is like an open highway." What's the next line? I don't know the lyric. I don't know. I just know it's my life, and I go, it's now or never. Nope. I, gonna I ain't gonna live forever. Together. No, there, he says, uh, it, it's, it's my life. life. But then it goes, it, but then my it goes, heart is like an open highway. And the next line, I always thought he said, I never gonna take no. that by way. I always thought he said, I. I freaking, I I freaking said I did it my way. That's totally wrong. It's like Frankie said, I did it my way. Just like Frank Sinatra. Like Frankie there said, I did it my way. That's good. All right, so. Favorite Olympic sport, asked John McCoey. I would say uh, none. Wow, I like speed skating. Speed speed That's skating cool. is really cool, and I watched the relay of the women's, the women's event like, the other day, and it is so confusing. There's like three lines. Uh, like three I groups. I like the event where they have to ski and That's shoot. That's the biathlon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I see. Now I I do have an issue with with the point that you made about To and and Alshon, but I'll I'll sit yeah, on. Yeah, why? No, no, do it now because then we're gonna wrap. So up here's after what now. I'm looking at. If if I go like who had a more electric season, whose season would I look back on more favorably? I would still say To, and I know that Alshon won us a Super Bowl. Uh, and and so like I love Alshon. I think he's great. I yeah, think Alshon had a better year. Like To To had a, a I think a pretty massively better year. He went seventy seven receptions for twelve hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns. Alshon went uh, fifty seven receptions, seven hundred eighty nine yards, uh, nine touchdowns. But if you remember, and this is the thing, like no To, to, had a much to one year. to one thing that I've actually said right all year. I I, compl- I what I complained pretty much after every game that the ball was not going to Alshon Jeffrey, but then we got to the Super Bowl or even in the NFC Championship game, and they finally got Alshon Jeffrey the ball. He he goes up and he he beats you know, big people beat little people. Um, he won them a Super Bowl. I love Alshon. I I just when I look back he on it, it, it I don't Bowl. know if it's even recency bias or or what. I guess that would be the the opposite of this, but like. I look back on that that electric year that T.O. had, and I still say, like, even when he went to Dallas, I still liked him. I hated I hated that he went to Dallas, and I, I you know, I obviously hate the Cowboys, so I kind of had to hate him, but I still respected his game. But I, I yeah, don't so know. Yeah, so what I think I'm it's saying hard. is, is I'm not saying, I didn't say who's the best receiver in Eagles history. I said who is my favorite. Yeah, and that's why and I'm, I'm asking you, like, what makes that- him your favorite? What makes him my favorite is he's the best blend of talent, character, and then team success that we had in in my life. Because, like, Thrash had his issues. He couldn't get off a jam. Pinkston has had his issues that one game with the alligator arms. T.O. had his issue of really destroying, like, being a part of the team destruction. I'm not saying what he had the most percentage, but he had a percentage in it. Freddie Mitchell, I've just never really liked that much. 
Um, and then what other receivers are even up? There? That's it. I mean, I, Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson. Desha- I cannot okay. forget Deshaun both of those. Was... But Deshaun Jackson was a constant headache too. And Jeremy Macklin, I Macklin just was a good receiver. He was good, but I just that team for me was Lashawn McCoy. Like I think Lashawn McCoy is one of my favorite running backs. But I don't know if he's. My, I think Brian Westbrook's my favorite Eagles. All right, here's a good back. question. John McCoey says you need to form a four a four. This, and we're going to end okay, with this. a fourth person bobsled team. You and three other people. Who do you pick? Who All do you right, three? You have to pick three th- eagles. Why is it eagles? Pick three people and who do you pick? Who drives? Have a bobsled. Yeah. Bobsled driver is very important. So do you drive or do you defer to one of your three choices of uh, of passengers? So I'm gonna p- pick. Uh, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm gonna pick uh, my. I can pick anyone. See, that's what I mean. Then I can all right. Just pick Philadelphia pick, like, athletes. Fine. Philadelphia athletes. Uh, current. Yes. Current Philadelphia athletes. If they can't all be Eagles, you have to show that you know something about a sport other than football. Okay. Oh, this is perfect. Um, okay. So as the the back person. Like I don't know how you're supposed to displace weight. How are you supposed no to displace idea. weight? I think the the person who's in the back because I I've only watched two person bobsled. They're usually the guy, they're usually the person it. with the strongest legs because they they help you accelerate fastest. Driving and leading it is Carson okay. Wentz. I am putting him in okay. the front because I think that they need to be a little bit lighter but also a little bit strong. I am going second. Because I just think that I can lean with Carson, and I want to put my hands on his You just want to hug him. Yeah, just let it happen, Carson. Shh. shh. Uh, in the back, I'm have my last person. I'm going to have Gabe Kapler to to hug you because from no, no, that's fourth. So there's a oh, gap oh, between you. me, okay. me and Weird Gabe. But I think Gabe is strong. I think that he is also a super team player. And I think he's a great one to like. I just think Gabe Kapler would do a great job of hopping on the back and going all in. Like whatever the fuck they yell. Like I feel like he'd be super pumped for that. Um, And then third. Man. So I want someone that can really drive with their legs and get really good push. Um, I'm going to go... I'm gonna go Ben Simmons. I think I think that's four streamlined professional athletes in there that are like focused, but are also cool. We'd we that would that crew would kill at the Olympic Village. Like I get three weeks with like the most athletic women in the world, and I'm rolling around with Gabe, Ben, and Carson. Like it's over. Like that's a crew. That's a crew. That's interesting. All right, yeah, so that's a, that's a so here's mine. Bro. Who's your foursome? I've got uh, I've got Ben Simmons in the driver's seat because he's got the best vision. I've got Claude Giroux behind him as his uh, as his his co-pilot because he also has great vision and great playmaking ability. He'd be able to find the best line uh, on the track and uh, increase our speed. The guy that you missed, and I can't believe you missed him, the guy who's going to get you the best push and is also going to be screaming obscenities in your ear from the back is Jason Kelsey. Kelsey's the fantastic miss uh, that, that you I had. I just don't know about the amount of No, it doesn't matter. Back. It doesn't matter because he's going to will it. Uh, and, and as we might not, like as the splits are coming in and we're seeing red instead of green, he's going to yell to the front, Ben Simmons can't shoot. Claude Giroux can't play the wing. Russell Joy 
is just a useless third host. And then I'm going to also tell you that this is all going to happen. We're going to win because we went with the process because Joel Embiid is big enough to be the bobsled. I cheated. Trust the post. Man. Trust the po- the bobsled. Oh. No, I was trying to say the bo- God. I had a JJ Redick moment. Trust the bobsled. You said you said you said trust the yeah, post. Trust. Oh. Which is a great time to mention. <laughs> Carlinos in Ardmore and Westchester. I'll edit those in the beginning. Trust, Trust the, pasta. the pasta. No. Trust the pasta. Carlinos Market in Ardmore and Westchester for all of your Italian food, all of your pastas, tomato pies, uh, pizzas, everything you want, artisanal meats and cheeses, every single thing you can want, and some desserts. Go out to Ardmore. Go out to Westchester. Save yourself the hassle of making a meal or 10. Go to Carlinos. They will make it right they will make your night. They will make it all better. Hashtag trust the pasta. And also, hashtag trust the propane. Yes, that's right. America's number one provider of propane, Amerigas, a sponsor of this podcast, available at 55,000 locations nationwide, locally at Home Depot and 7-Eleven. Uh, look, if you go on the website right now, crossingbroad.com slash Amerigas, and enter your name and email, you can be entered to win a massive giveaway worth $500 of tailgating equipment and apparel. Uh, Again, all you have to do is put in your name and email, and you can enter to win a portable grill, small patio heater, two tailgating chairs with sunshade, a hookup hose, and $200 worth of apparel from the Crossing Broad store. If you've been eyeing up those uh, no-one-likes-us-we-don't-care shirts, perhaps the Philly Special, or something else that has caught your fancy, uh, this is the time. Enter to win a $500 giveaway. Again, crossingbroad.com slash Amerigas. Also, we'd like to remind you uh, that we are running the same promotion uh, via social media on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag showyourtank. Take the most glorious shot of you and your Amerigas propane tank and post it to Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag showyourtank. Uh, and we will try to feature them on the website and probably discuss them here on the Crossing Broadcast. We're thrilled to have Amerigas as a sponsor as well as Carlinos. Again, hashtag trust the pasta, hashtag trust the propane. A big thank you once again to our sponsors, Carlinos in Ardmore and Westchester and Amerigas. Adam, as always, it was a joy to record with you uh, and and to uh, once again get back into the swing of things. Uh, I've been saying it all week. I know that the uh, schedule has been all around the world, and uh, we're thankful to the listeners of the show who continue to tune in every episode uh, and listen to our ramblings about the Eagles, the Sixers, sometimes the Phillies and the Flyers, certainly not the Union, uh, even though I might want to. Do you have any words for the people? Yes. I have one word, and that word is expectation. As you go about on about your day and you go on about your life, adjust them. Achieve all. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Have a great weekend. I love everybody. I've missed you all. To Flyers Fan 80 with the five star review, Where in the World is Kyle and Adam Lefko? Hello. I am here. I have missed you so much. Um, but I'll say this I like talking to you, and we'll probably be recording at nights more. And as we started this podcast, the Sixers are up 20. They're now up two, which is the microcosm of the Sixers universe. So, Russ, I, I bid you adieu. Uh, follow me at Adam Lefko on Instagram and Twitter. Peace.